1: Good evening. Welcome to the episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. It's Thursday. There is so much going on. We have one of our best. She's a writer and one of the best out there. Candy Mathis, good evening. How are you?
0: I am doing well. How about you?
1: I am okay. I want to start tonight with somebody from your home state. Marsha Blackburn. (laughs) Now, she tried. She tried. She tweeted out a condemnation of the infrastructure bill that allots, I want to say, $400 billion to elder care. I don't think that she thought this through, like this is a bad thing. Like, how is she this bad at just everything?
0: You almost wonder if her interns are not, like, Democrats. It, like, the tweet was, was seriously her coming in hot with suck the elderly. I mean, that's how it read. Like, she was trolled across the Twitter like she always is. But How? How? Like, even for Marsha, it was just exceptionally stupid that her criticism of this infrastructure bill was that Joe Biden wanted to help old people. She's, like, what, 68 herself? It's just yes. – uh, it, it's – she is up there with Bobart, like, genuinely, one of the the dumbest people in government, just genuinely a stupid human being.
1: Like, she lives in a state where, according to figures from www.seniorcare.com, 233,210 seniors live alone in Tennessee. That's a large, large amount of the population living by themselves. You would think that she would want to help that, considering that many of the senior citizens. Are Republicans? These are her constituents, but she doesn't give a damn. Like, how is she this obtuse?
0: Well, and even in twenty twenty, I mean, we saw huge shifts um, for Biden with women largely, but also the elderly. I mean, the the elderly had went for Trump in twenty sixteen, and and he lost large swath of the elderly in this last election. I mean, you would think that even if she's too stupid to understand that, that she has a team of people whose job is to get that. I mean, even when they run small state races here, they have a team of, of people who perform polling. I mean, just like any politician, you would think that Marsha would employ people who are bright enough to tell her this, even if she's not. But clearly, she is... I think, believes that she's untouchable, as most Republicans who have been emboldened by Trump does. But to dick over the elderly or tweet out that you have a problem with Joe Biden, having elder care and his infrastructure bill is just it, – it would be baffling if we hadn't got all, just got all the four years of Trump. Nothing surprises me anymore.
1: I mean, it is – one of the worst things, and
0: (sighs) she really thinks she's good at this, though. Like, you know, she's always trending. Anytime I look at the trending tab and you see Marsha, you know who it is, and you know without a doubt that she's going to have said something just completely and totally ridiculous to the point that, I mean, she she makes it to a trending, to the top ten trending. Like regularly, and it's always the same thing and i then you watch her interviews, and she really seems to believe that she is a superior intellect that's sticking it to the Democrats in Washington,
1: and that's the part that people don't really you know they don't really gather where that she is not one of them. Like, she she puts a smiling face on it, but it's more of just hate behind those, like, it's hate in her approach. Now, speaking of hate and speaking of just awful people, there was a performance artist in L.A., her name is... Kyoko Takanaka, she recorded hours of men in bars in D.C. and New York for about seven years. And it's just their racism. Like, they're being completely racist and in her presence and talking about the fact that she's an Asian American female. And. in light of everything that's happened with, like, the shooting at the spas in Atlanta and various other hate crimes that are geared towards Asian-Americans, why do you think it's taken this long for the spotlight to find this particular breed of hatred
0: you know, I, I don't know, and that's a, a pertinent question because when I was reading the tweets from the LA Times on that piece, you know, the thread of tweets, one of the top responses was a Twitter user saying, you know, that Asian American racism and hate is not new. And it, it really, it really isn't. And it, you know, to, not to point that back to my own life, but I guess that's what we're here for, to talk about our experiences, but it almost, it, it made me think of, um, a friend that I grew up with and spent my junior high years at her house as much as I was at my own, she was Indian American. Her sister is an actress now with a show on Netflix. and um, I grew up with her, and I often talk about how emboldened I think these racists are in the Trump era because while racism has always existed, you know, particularly in the 90s, I felt like we were moving towards a society where you knew that it wasn't okay to say those things out loud. And I feel like we've gone backwards. But I haven't talked to my old friend in a long time, and and they don't have social media. But I wanted to go back and just talk to her and say, you know, was there something I missed? Is there something I did? You know, and apologize or just ask what it was like because looking at that piece, reading the piece in the L.A. Times, you know, the first thing I thought of was how many people experience racism that we don't talk about or, you know, it isn't, you know, brought to the forefront like Asian American hate or Indian American hate or, you know, we so focus sometimes on, you know, the the one that's right in front of us like discrimination against African Americans or women that there's all kinds of racism and bigotry in America, and I just wonder how many Others have an experience that we haven't really asked about. You know, as a white person, that's the first thing I thought of was how many other people experience a story like hers, where they hear this stuff on a regular basis, and just because they might not be shouting it, we overlook it.
1: It's the American way. It is what... Yes. People in marginalized communities have endured for the entirety of our existence on this continent. And to read this article, it sets a few things in motion for me. First, just the cavalier attitude about, hey, I'm just going to sit there and slur people and slur this one individual to her face, and just and kind of couch it in a benign covering to shield them from hey you're attacking somebody based on their ethnicity or their or their identification and it's the american way to sit there and watch people be this cruel and unusually harmful to others just based on race ethnicity things that we're born with orientation it's just it's a quite an accurate reveal and quite an accurate look and it's a hard read but it's a worthwhile read we come back from break we need to talk about JetBlue and how they have managed to the bed you are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FBC radio network We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Beg, Candy Matters, Candy JetBlue, Blue, the airline. They, they, it's one of those airlines that they really offered no explanation for this. I'm just gonna, you know. They suspended their political action committee donations and they donated to a Republican Congresswoman that objected to the certification of the Electoral College in January. This comes from Jed Legume. Um, They literally donated to to that Republican. um, Her name is Nicole Malataka. She's a Republican from New York and she was among about 150 lawmakers that objected to the certification. They didn't apologize. They make no explanation for it. What is your view on boycotts?
0: I think that we vote with our pocketbook a lot more often than we vote at the ballot box. And the first thing I thought when I saw that was that Kamala meme, you know, where she was speaking on um, in the Senate, with their arms outstretched, and it says, fuck around and find out. Like, the American consumers and American citizens are not playing with these people anymore. And how many people have to get quote-unquote canceled? Or how many companies and corporations have to walk stuff back when they do something atrocious before they realize that people are not kidding anymore? I mean, what we saw at the Capitol that day was one of the most disgusting things I think many of us have ever witnessed, to watch citizens attack our own capital And the vice president of the United States, though he is a piece of shit, he was still the vice president of the United States. I'm not sure I would have felt anything if I saw Trump crouch down in the corner. But to see Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi and leaders in, you know, the formerly most powerful nation in the world crouch down, while people were breaking glass and shattering windows, it it was disgusting. So I can't believe that anyone, let alone an airline, would be stupid enough to contribute to the campaign coffers of anyone who has anything to do with that or who rejected the results of an election that I think everyone can agree, unless you are QAnon, Wayfair selling children, on the internet, crazy can agree was it a legitimate election?
1: And the fact that they just wouldn't, when asked about it, they not offer any sort of rationalization, no sort of, not even apology, not even a statement. They just pretty much told you, "Know what? It is what it is, and to deal with it."
0: Yeah. I give them about two weeks. I'll be walking that back, just like all the rest of them.
1: No. Will they ask for the money back from Congresswoman Militazas from New York? Will they ask that for that cash back?
0: Probably. I think it will depend on, on the fallout. But, um I mean, how many times have we seen Twitter is not playing with you? Like, if you cross Twitter and they cancel you, or as we talked about before, bring the consequences that your actions deserve, that is the quickest the quickest way I've seen anybody do an about-face. Like, Twitter can harm you. <laughs> They're not, we're not playing on the Twitter.
1: And I want to see them be able to fold under the pressure of having to walk it back. Now, one of the people we need to discuss, unfortunately, is Matt Gates On a scale of one to he might, you know, see the inside of a jail. So how much trouble do you think Matt Gates is in right now?
0: Oh, it's bad. It looks bad. I mean, I'm sure you saw, I'm not sure which one you tweeted me. There was like a couple of stories that broke right before we started recording this. But he's got his little former buddy there that's rolled on him. That might have been the one you sent him. Now it's coming out that they checked his Venmo, and he sent, what, $900 to that same dude and then distributed it to three different girls. Like, you know, he saw this with Trump when he was first under investigation. There's no loyalty among these. There's no honor with pedophiles either, it seems. So, like, here's Gats. He's going to find out just like Trump did. Expecting these people to be loyal to you, they're going to sing as fast as they can. Nobody is going to fall on the sword for him. So, it's looking bad. I mean, his own his own friend, who is currently in jail, awaiting sex trafficking trial for charges, is cutting a plea deal to implicate him. So, it's bad. It looks bad. It should be.
1: There's a guy named um, Joe Greenberg. is a f- local, a former local county tax collector, and apparently, he's cooperating with investigators because of a Gates trip where to the Bahamas where they were trying to run a ghost campaign against a local candidate, meaning they would siphon off votes from the opponent of one of Gates' friends. On top of that, Mr. Greenberg would know if, you know, Gates messed around with a 17-year-old girl and everything that Kind of mushroom from that. This is the same dude who had so much comments on Hunter Biden where it's the old story of you have one finger pointing at somebody, but how many fingers you got pointing back at yourself? He is in severe trouble. And the part that sucks is this he is from the panhandle, like northern Florida, where it is. It's com- not completely red. It's mostly red up there in that part of the state. But will they be able to flip it blue? That's the question. Do you, do do you think that this scandal will reach an outrage level where the uh, voters will go the opposite way?
0: Well, part of the problem in that area, um, it's same as the problem in Tennessee and the gerrymandering. My parents lived in Port St. Joe, which is in the Panhandle, for about a decade. They owned a house here and um, in Florida, and they recently just sold it after the hurricane and all the devastation. But they had Gwen Graham, who ran in the primary against Andrew Gillum and came very close to defeating him. In fact, she was the, the front runner, the presumed Democratic front runner, and then Andrew Gillum, like, Barely defeated her in the primary against DeSantis, where they ended up going to the general election against DeSantis. But she was my parents' congresswoman right there in Port St. Joe, Mexico Beach, which is right outside of Panama City, and they split the district in half to get rid of her, which um, happened after Obama's election probably six or seven years ago. So that's part of the problem in the panhandle is that, yes, it is. You know, Florida's a state where no – what is it they say the further – North you go, the more south you get. But Mm -hmm. um, they're up against that. There is that it it truly has been drawn from people like Matt Gatz, which is why I thought the last his last re-election two years ago, I mean a year ago, however long it's been now. Twenty, I don't even know what year this is. The pandemic has me confused. But um, when he was just re-elected a year ago, um, or in November, um, I really thought that that would have been a closer. Challenge than it was and largely because of the way they've drawn those districts but the problem with sex trafficking for Gabs is ignorance is not a defense like even if everyone that he was messing with was 18 if you're with a buddy trafficking a child across state lines it doesn't matter if you thought she was 18 or if you were the one sleeping with her you're still in deep shit (laughs) and he ought to be legally but when it comes to the voters like a Like I say, every week, nothing surprises me anymore after Trump. So his face is diehard MAGA, and they'll probably defend him no matter what they do, just like they defend Trump when he walked in on children and naked when he owned beauty buttons.
1: (laughs) He's in trouble with the fact that a couple of his colleagues are calling for his resignation. If we switch to someone in your area... If you had a choice, uh, rank these politicians in the order from Tennessee. Bill Frist, Bill Lee, Marsha Blackburn, as far as tolerable to least tolerable.
0: Um, probably the order you just said them. Bill Frist, Bill Lee, then Marsha Blackburn.
1: Bill Lee, for those who don't know, the governor of the state of Tennessee, is signing into a law that 21 and older and have concealed carry and without a background check or training. This is such a bad idea. Like, how did we get here with this idea?
0: <clears throat> I you know Tennessee had guns in bars several years ago. I mean, it is, it's is—it's absurd. Our, our legislature has... It's embarrassing. It has become such a joke that I had an old veteran tell me that he used to travel throughout the country, and when it comes to the South and culture and food and, you know, hospitality, that he always loved Tennessee because we were Southern, but we weren't as crazy, basically, as the other Southern states, you know. And he said that just by watching the news, that to him in recent years, it appeared that we had become Alabama-like. And that's so true, but like, we might even be Arkansas or Mississippi level now. Like, I mean, our legislature is just full of ridiculous, batshit, insane ideas, like, continuously trying to make the Bible the state book. But Bill Lee, for those that don't know, he owns a heating and air company here. He's a multi million dollar businessman. By all accounts, a super nice guy, but had no business in politics, no experience in politics. And after Trump got elected, then, you know, he did what so many other businessmen do and thought, you know, why not me? So in the, the primary, the Republican primary for the gubernatorial race that year, it was him, another prominent businessman who had never worked in politics and Diane Black, who was presumed to be the front runner and she came in third to two men who had never worked in government whatsoever because they were both the Tennessee version of Trump. businessman, wealthy, and talked about nothing but Jesus the whole time. So almost everything that Bill Lee has done in office has been what the people around him have told him to do. So he mostly just quotes the Bible and talks about Jesus while pushing the agenda of the GOP in the state. (laughs) Excuse me.
1: Now, as someone, you know, who lives in Tennessee and kind of, you know, is a native How do you deal with the gun culture there? Like, I'm sure that it's omnipresent and, you you know, you kind of know that there's certain people you might not want to say too much to because you don't know what their mental state and if they're armed or not. How do you navigate those waters?
0: Um, I don't talk to people anymore. (laughs) I hate to say that, but, I mean, to some degree it's true. Like, after Obama's election and social media, you know, Facebook gave people, the the tool to reveal to us who they always were, you know, because they'll post things that they wouldn't necessarily say, but the the gun culture is one of the most disturbing because, you know, as Southern Democrats, we have guns too. Um, And honestly, most sane Republicans that, that hunt or just have guns agree that we have a problem and they may not always agree that banning certain types of weapons or, you know, certain Accessories for guns or high-capacity magazines is the answer, but most of them are safe. But then the gun crazies, it's just something else. I mean, it's almost trying to have a conversation with them is about as productive as trying to have a conversation with a QAnon honor. But it really is ridiculous because every time there's a mass shooting, you have to see how their answer is always everybody and their granny, you know, pack guns to go eat a Subway sandwich, even though – data tells us
1: that that actually doesn't do anything, but put people in more danger. Now, we always end on a, you know, a lighter note. We're going to talk about Tennessee, Tennessee delicacies. Now, being a native Tennessean, I'm going to give you a bunch of delicacies and tell me, one, if you've had them, two, if you like them, and three, would you recommend them to others? Are you ready?
0: Okay. I'm ready.
1: Fried, fried pies.
0: Yes. Yes to all of it.
1: What's your favorite flavor? Apple. Well, sweet tea is a no. We talked about that already.
0: Yeah, no sweet tea.
1: RC Cola and Moon Pie.
0: Oh, that's a tough one because I don't really like sweet, so I would say eh, but at the same time, I recognize the greatness of an RC Cola and a Moon Pie, so Yes, I've ate it. Yes, try it. Sure, I would recommend it.
1: (laughs) Country ham. Yes. Now, do you like it boiled, broiled, or fried?
0: Ooh. Does it count when they come out of the honey and just, I mean, come out of the oven with honey and then, like, just slice it off? I like it that way. Yes. But sometimes fried is good, too, if it's for breakfast. Catfish. Yes.
1: Now, with ochre or hush puppies?
0: Hush puppies, except I call them push puppies, and I don't know
1: why. <laughs> this one's interesting. I remember having this when, like, before I went to a Vols game, but uh stat cake. Ex- have you heard of that?
0: I don't know this.
1: A stat cake is, this is the definition, made from thin layers of cake with apple filling between each.
0: How did I miss this
1: one? It's an an Appalachian specialty, and the legend is that cakes were originally a wedding tradition. Each guest would bring a layer, and the number of layers, they represented the popularity of the bride.
0: So next time I'm at a UT game, I have to ask about stack cake.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, that sounds fabulous.
1: Biscuits and red eye gravy.
0: Okay, no gravy. That's another good one about where I'm, I'm. I don't act like a southerner. I despise gravy. Really? Yes, I don't like gravy and sweet tea. Every time I tweet my biscuits, <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies and my cold still not, now. But every time I tweet pictures of my biscuits, which I have perfected, I always get people asking me for my gravy, and I don't eat gravy. It's gross.
1: Now, last one, hot chicken. Explain, I mean, it might sound like it's self-explanatory, but explain hot chicken from just people who douse their chicken in spices.
0: You know, I don't eat the hot chicken. I know after we did the one podcast where you asked me about it, and I was like, of course I was supposed to say Hattie B's, because everyone knows if you come to Nashville, you've got to have the Hattie B's hot chicken. But I am a wuss. I don't get near it. I'm not doing it. I think they bread It's something in the breading, I believe.
1: Yes. In yeah.
0: I've seen people eat it, but I'm not getting near it.
1: What is the northern dish that people down in Tennessee kind of use for a, like, they, they give their own spin on it, their own southern flair?
0: Oh, sauerkraut and weenies is what we call it here. But, yeah, hot really? dogs and sauerkraut. Yeah, sauerkraut and weenies.
1: Like I didn't even kraut, know. Have you had it?
0: Yes, but I didn't even know that it's supposed to be, like, sausage or bratwurst or something because my whole life mm-hmm. it was sauerkraut weenies. You use the cheap, like, dollar hot dogs that are, like, so red in color that you know they're just not real food. Like, that's, you don't know what kind of a pig, part of the pig it is, but you're pretty sure you don't want to know. you got to use those hot dogs and then the sauerkraut. That's the southern version of, I guess so. What is sauerkraut, German? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a southern version of a German dish, I guess.
1: There you go. Now and we serve we got, it with cornbread. Now, before we gotta tell people where they can interact with you on social social media and where they can read your articles.
0: Yes, I am at Candy Mathis, C A N D I, N H H I S on Twitter.
1: One of the best people out there, Candy Mathis. Thank you so much for joining us on the Black Tuesday podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, friend.
1: Always. See you next week. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday podcast. Be good yourselves. You get to each other.